Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Tuesday afternoon, March 15th, 2022. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. And I'm Rachel Pearson. Macy's is preparing a total remake of its website. We'll learn more on our next segment. But right now, numbers on wholesale inflation and manufacturing in the New York region today are topping the data. We're joined by Andrew Bush, former Chief Markets Intelligence Officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission here in Chicago. Andy, let's break down some of the numbers we're seeing today. Yeah, they're pretty ugly. And and honestly, um, these numbers, the market is looking past them to some extent because we know what's happened since the last month. It's that Russia invaded Ukraine. And so we know energy prices would have spiked. We know food prices are likely to have spiked because of the rise in wheat prices. I think the rest of the world or the entire world gets 20% of its daily calories from wheat. So we know that um, Russia and the Ukraine are major exporters of uh, wheat and corn. Corn, uh, and of course, natural gas and, and oil. So we know all of these prices have gone up significantly since these numbers have been uh, uh, taken. And some of these numbers, we're looking at 40-year highs. This isn't a minor jump. This is pretty dramatic. No, anytime you see double-digit gains, I mean, that's extraordinary. Remember the days when we used to think, like, we'll never get above 2% inflation? Well, those are long gone. And that leads us really into an interesting point for our central bank, which is meeting this week to discuss on interest rates. Is this the uh, canary in the coal mine? I mean, and there have been a number of canaries over the last uh, uh, couple of months about inflation. But these uh, double-digit gains when it comes to the producer price index, is that an indication of what the CPI is going to say for uh, the month of March? Yeah, and that's a great point to make, Rob, because PPI does – that's the one that I really want people to pay attention to. CPI is kind of lagging. PPI is really the forward-looking number. And, yes, you're going to have really high inflation for a number of months here. Now, we did see some – um, you know, reduction in the price uh, appreciation of goods versus services. So services are starting to go up in cost or in, 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 in uh, the purchasing of, of, of by consumers, but um, and goods came down. And we expect that as the economy reopens, right? You'd like to see services go up and, and demand for goods go down. But it's all been thrown, you know, really up in the air until we get some kind of uh, resolution to the UK crisis. When it comes to uh, manufacturing, at least as far as the New York region is concerned, is this uh, simply a case of uh, manufacturing hitting capacity? They simply can't make more things and there's a big backlog for the stuff that they do make? Or is this also a case of uh, inflation rearing its head? It's a combination of supply chain and demand exceeding supply. I know that sounds kind of silly, but um, if we go back to last summer where we're looking in 2020, uh, 2021, where we saw demand for consumer goods went up by 20% year over year, and the supply only went up by 5%. That gives you a really good indication of what's been happening. If you couldn't spend money on services, well, you started to spend money on goods, right? You started to you know, do your home office or fix things up around your house. And that's where we saw this huge increase in demand. And we're just not set up as a country, as an economy, to supply that additional 20% of demand for goods and for goods, uh, specifically in the country. So, Rob, it's a great point that you made. Um, Inflation is a combo here. It's not only uh, the demand side, but it's also the supply side. Thank you so much, Andrew Bush, former Chief Markets Intelligence Officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission here in Chicago. Coming up, Macy's wants to be your personal stylist. Compounding your interest with an economy of words. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. 
Well, Macy's is giving its website a major makeover while also retraining employees for new roles as personal stylists. Let's discuss the strategy with Gerald Storch, CEO of Storch Advisors in Vero Beach, Florida. Jerry, uh, a massive uh, reimagination of e-commerce for Macy's. Well, the real question is, is it enough? Uh, Macy's have been under serious attack from activist investors for quite some time. They want them to split up the company, break out the dot-com from the stores, make them two different businesses, and also leverage the company up in order to get money out of it by selling off real estate. So Macy's said, we're not going to do all that. We're just going to make ourselves a better version of what we are. So the real question is, is it enough to make a difference? Some of the changes they're talking about, things like personalizing the homepage, most resources have been doing for a very long time. So we'll just have to take a wait and see on this. Well, and also the, the idea of a personal stylist. And even with the website, it's understanding that it's based on your past shopping history. It, it's a bit of a gamble to assume that, that our habits will stay the same or that it's going to be enough to sort of bring them out of the lurch, as you described. Uh, for sure. I mean, keep in mind, every time you go to Amazon or anywhere, they use your past history to tell you what, to, what, what, what you're saying. I was shocked Macy's hadn't done that long time ago. I live in Florida, for example. And so during all this noise, when the activists were coming after them, I explored their website quite seriously. And they kept showing me in the homepage, a woman wearing a down puffer coat. Now, I am neither a woman, nor do I need a down puffer coat here in Florida. So they had a lot of work to do on their website. So really, they're playing catch up. And they're characterizing as revolution. It's simply not that. Department stores are in big trouble. And they're trying to fix it. They have a lot to do. It's interesting that, uh, Jerry, that uh, Macy's has to do with this extreme online makeover because uh, up until now, it the, the perception was, was that Macy's was one of the legacy department store brands that weathered the retail apocalypse and the dot-com boom fairly well. Well, look, it survived. I'll give them that. And when a lot of other department stores did not, it's a very difficult challenge. The reality is the consumer is aging very rapidly. They're really a store for grandmothers, maybe mothers, but not millennials and not their kids. They need to change that and change that fast. And the real question, again, I'll repeat it, is this enough? My own belief is it's not enough. They need to be much more revolutionary in what they're doing than what they're talking about here. The idea that someone might be a stylist when you walk in the store, well, I sure hope so. That's one of their biggest advantages, that they have people who can wait on you there. Well, Nordstrom's been doing that for years, so Macy's playing a lot of catch-up here. Is there a risk, though, that uh, Macy's, with their personal stylist, could uh, potentially uh, misjudge middle America, as it were, and uh, be a little more Fifth Avenue when uh, we're looking for Main Street? No, at least that. Not unless they raise their price points considerably, but they've got other problems because with inflation running so high and, of course, their labor costs escalating quite rapidly, supply chain difficulties, they may have to start raising their prices more than they want to, which may create even further the gap between them. And, you know, who's been really eating their lunch all along TJ Maxx. People can go and get, you know, department store type goods, but not pay department store prices. So they're very vulnerable on a lot of fronts to Amazon and the Internet, to Target, Kohl's. Uh, TJ Maxx with physical stores today. Again, a lot of work to do. Jury's still out. When they say they're turning the company around, well, yeah, they're doing better now than they did when the pandemic was raging. Let's see how they do when we go over the next few years. It's going to be a big challenge for them. All right. A questionable strategy as Macy's uh, relaunches its website. Thank you so much, Gerald Storch, CEO of Storch Advisors, for joining us. Up next, Ford has a new strategy to deal with the computer chip shortage. 
The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The global semiconductor shortage is causing Ford to sell vehicles in a new way. Let's get the latest from Jeff Gilbert, the CBS News automotive reporter based in Detroit. Jeff, thanks for joining us today. You know, there's the old adage in the automotive industry that says uh, you can't build a car with just 99% of the parts, but it sounds like uh, depending on the right conditions, uh, all ideas are meant to be changed. Yeah, and it depends on the right part. I would still say if you're missing a steering wheel, you might have an issue there. But yes, if you're and wheels, missing... too. You need wheels. <laughs> yep, and and you need a radio, definitely, without a doubt. For sure. Uh, but, but I digress. But you do not need a computer chip to use separate controls so the people in the rear seat can control their own heating and air conditioning. So right there in Chicago at the Chicago Assembly Plant, Ford is building Explorers without functional controls in the back to control heating and air conditioning in the back and telling buyers, well, you can get your vehicle faster if you let us put in that chip a little bit later. Is this a way of uh, easing a backlog as far as uh, Explorer models are concerned? Exactly. There are a lot of people, not just Explorers, but a number of models who have been waiting a long time for their vehicle. And if this can get them their vehicle faster, I mean, just think of yourself. If you're waiting for a car and they say, well, we can get it to you now, but you can't quite use everything, but we'll get it to you in two or three months if you can, uh, you're probably going to want to take it now. Well, if I'm a consumer, I would certainly prefer to have my car now and then retroactively have those features added, which is what it sounds like both Ford. We're also seeing General Motors do something similar, right? Offering a free retrofit for some of those features. Right. GM started this a while back. In fact, it's kind of funny. GM was talking about having fewer vehicles with heated seats to, to save chips. And dealers said, wait a second, this is one of our best options. People want heated seats. So GM came back and said, well, what if we do vehicles with heated seats that don't work because the chip hasn't been installed? And when we get the chip, then we can in, have the dealer install it and then you get your heated seats. So, you know, it, it, it's dealing with a very difficult situation in a creative way. It's making the best of a bad situation, I suppose. The other thing, too, from a consumer standpoint is we've seen the prices of used cars skyrocket because of this chip shortage. I'm guessing that this sort of gives buyers more options. Exactly. But all prices, unfortunately, have skyrocketed new vehicles and used vehicles just because there there is such a lack of supply. So this likely isn't going to lower the price of vehicles any, unfortunately. Jeff Gilbert, the CBS News automotive reporter. We're talking to him about uh, Ford uh, shipping some Explorer models without uh, microprocessors. Now, this is actually kind of a trend in the world of manufacturing. I saw in the Wall Street Journal earlier this week that uh, China is being shipped a fully assembled submarine from Europe uh, without the engine. Uh, They're still waiting on the engine from Germany, but that's being held up because of uh, trade issues. Is this just another, you know... The sign of the automotive industry being under a historically unprecedented stress and uh, resorting to uh, very unorthodox ideas to uh, deal with uh, these unusual times? Exactly, because, I mean, it sounds easy to go, oh, yeah, just take out a few chips, put them in later. But they've got to come up with solutions that, that look decent, that work that allow people to use the rest of the car, that don't have any unintended safety consequences. So doing these things 
it's not necessarily easy for the car makers, but it does let them get other vehicles out. But I doubt they'll follow the lead of, of the submarine and ship vehicles without engines and install them later. That that would probably be a deal breaker for most of us. And that's Jeff Gilbert joining us. He's a CBS automotive reporter based in Detroit. Still ahead in Travel Tuesday, we'll help you plan a regional spring break road trip. This is Chicago's all-news station, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon, I'm Rob Hart. And I'm Rachel Pearson. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The president of Ukraine talks about the deaths of children during the invasion by Russia. A special report coming up from CBS News. The Federal Reserve expected to raise interest rates tomorrow and how that will affect credit card mortgage and savings rates. Travel Tuesday, a Midwest family road trip can still be a great value even with high gas prices. WBBM Business, the Dow up 338 points, the Nasdaq up 206, and the S&P 500 up 50 points. AccuWeather forecast for today, intervals of clouds and sunshine cooler than yesterday, a high of 55, mid-40s along the lakefront tonight, partly cloudy, and a low of 41 tomorrow, partly sunny, becoming breezy and warmer, a high tomorrow of 68. Right now, we have 44 degrees at O'Hare, mostly sunny skies, 46 degrees at Midway, 40 at the lakefront at 1231. CBS News special report, the White House says President Biden will travel to Brussels next week for a NATO summit. Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky spoke to Canada's parliament via interpreter. Our city of Mariupol is suffering right now. And they are left without heat or hydro, or without means of communicating, almost without food, without water. More on talks between Russia and Ukraine from our Steve Futterman in neighboring Poland. The big question as a fifth meeting takes place today is whether any significant progress is being made. Last night, President Zelensky described the talks as pretty good, but pretty good does not necessarily mean close to an agreement. A Fox News cameraman has been killed. Anchor Bill Hemmer. Fox News cameraman Pierre Shashevsky has died in Ukraine. Uh, he was working with our Benjamin Hall when incoming fire hit their vehicle outside of Kiev. Hall is still in the hospital. CBS News special report. I'm Matt Piper. 12.32 on the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Stocks are trading higher this afternoon. We're joined by Jim Welsh, macro strategist and portfolio manager of Smart Portfolios based in San Diego. Jim, glad to have you with us. Good to be here, Rachel. We were seeing some gains. Let's talk about where we're seeing uh, the gains and where we're seeing some losses, because it's certainly a volatile market. Well, my take, uh, Rachel, is that this is a bounce uh, off of support that the S and P's been trying to hold at around 42.50, and uh, uh, pardon me, 40, yeah, 42.50. So, um, you know, I, I believe, and I'm going to say this again, I mistake, misspoke, 41.50, and I believe that level is going to be broken. Um, so, to me, this is just a bounce because the market got a little oversold in the last couple of days. But I believe the trend is still down. Well, and this is sort of in response to a lot of things happening globally. We're seeing the ceasefire talks between Russia and Ukraine, and then we're seeing COVID lockdowns in China. How is the global events playing into Wall Street? Well, I I think to be realistic, the talks that are being held between Russia and Ukraine are for the Russian people who, you know, Putin's approval rating has been going up. And so for them, they're being told that uh, Russia is freeing Ukraine. 
And uh, so, you know, it's for their consumption. In my opinion, the odds of peace talks really, uh, you know, resulting in a ceasefire and removal of Russian troops is incredibly low. I think it's just for the domestic consumption back in Russia uh, that those talks are, are continuing. I think you look at Putin's history, um, I don't think he's going to you know, pack up his tents and turn around anytime soon. It seems like investors are trying to get uh, good news where they can find it, even if it proves to be an illusion, uh, as we've been seeing <laughs> with, the, uh, with the peace talks between Russia and Ukraine. But uh, one other thing that's moving the markets today is the, uh, uh, the wholesale goods prices report, which was still a 40, higher than it's been in a long yeah. time, but nowhere <laughs> near as bad as investors were predicting, and they put that in their pocket and called it a win. Rob, uh, you framed it, I think, really, really well. Um, we're going to see and have been seeing in the last six months or so a shift away from goods inflation, which really jumped significantly last year. And then as the economy has reopened, uh, we're seeing service inflation pick up. Goods inflation comp- uh, represents probably 15% of the CPI and these other indices, whereas services you know, comprise the balance. So this shift is not going to be beneficial going forward because goods inflation is going to start to come down, but service inflation, I think, is going to continue to push up. And I think that's one of the things why the Fed is going to raise interest rates despite the level of uncertainty uh, that exists, just because current rates are just out of line, A, where inflation is and likely, likely to stay for the next three to six months. And on the subject of uh, services inflation, uh, three of the uh big companies that are moving the markets today, airlines, Delta, United, American, their stock's up all in a big way because uh, now that COVID cases are falling, uh, everyone's training, uh, planning that uh, trip somewhere, and uh, airline ticket prices going up by a lot, not only because of demand, but also because of the shock in fuel prices. Yes, and the reality, again, is that um, Congress, you know, distributed an awful lot of money. As you might remember, last year, checks were going out to people who already had a job uh, and weren't laid off. And so consumers are still sitting on a pretty mound, uh, a big mound of savings, like $2 trillion worth. So in the short run, uh, Rob, they're willing to absorb these price increases because they just want to go back to kind of some sense of normalcy. Uh, But I think we're going to reach a point at some point in time in the next six months where consumers are going to start to pull away, A, because savings will start to wear down and, you know, the higher prices and uncertainty when you watch TV and so forth. uh, I think there's a shock value when you see what's going on with Ukraine, that there's going to be just a normal human response to that, which means you know, just pulling back a little bit. So I think that's what's likely to come in the next few months. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Jim Welsh, who is a macro strategist and portfolio manager at Smart Portfolios based in San Diego. Find him online at macrotides.com. Coming up next in Travel Tuesday, great road trips that are within a couple hours' reach. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Travel Tuesday, so this afternoon we're looking at some of the best road trips in the Midwest. We welcome Cindy Richards, editor-in-chief of TravelingMom.com here in Chicago. Cindy, it's a good time to maybe hop in the car and head out. It is, although with gas prices, you probably don't want to head too far away. (laughs) So we have a whole story on TravelingMom.com about day trips from Chicago 
there's so many of them, you know, we're, we're so perfectly located right here. You can get to Wisconsin, you can get to places in Illinois, you can get to Indiana, you can even get around to Southwest Michigan and even make it a day trip if you want to, um, to save on hotel fees. And maybe this is because we live in and around Chicago. We maybe take the things around us for granted. I know Springfield, I used to work there. There are great tourist attractions there. There's a ton of stuff to do. And it's what, three-hour drive? Not even. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's probably a little long for a day trip, but you could certainly do it. And and I always found Springfield to be super affordable, too. The hotels and the, the restaurants down there are great. Um, my family, we always loved the uh, New Salem development that's about, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes outside of um, Springfield. And it's it's a recreation of uh, a pioneer village where Abe Lincoln first set up shop. My kids loved it. Even if they didn't like the uh, history, they loved just running around out there, especially after being in the car for two and a half hours. You know, you associate road trips maybe growing up with sitting in the backseat of the station wagon, uh, the Clark Griswold family truckster and National Lampoon's vacation. But one thing that I have found now that I have three uh, little girls, uh, that flying with kids can be... A kind of a headache in terms of you have to schlep car seats onto the plane, you got to pack extra seat belts and all of the stuff to keep the kids amused during the flight. And then what's all said and done, driving is just easier to get from point A to point B once you factor in all that effort in the airport. Absolutely. I mean, there's a reason that families drive on vacation. It is the the mode of the transportation mode of choice for families. And the reason is you already have all that stuff in your car, right, Rob? You've already got the car seats and you've got a whole trunk for putting all of the stuff that you want to carry with you. And if you, you know, if you're trying to save money on the trip, you can rent a condo, uh, an Airbnb, whatever, when you arrive, and it'll have a full kitchen, and you can feed the hungry kids without, you know, going out to breakfast and spending an extra forty dollars on a meal when they all they're going to eat is a bowl of cereal anyway. That's exactly what we did. Uh, my wife's an educator, and uh, every year for spring break, we've turned it into a family tradition now. We, we find some place on the map that's within one hour's drive of Chicago, and we go there, and we do get the Airbnb, and they've turned into rather memorable trips. In fact. Uh, my oldest daughter, uh, during the COVID lockdowns, we asked her, uh, where do you want to go when we can start traveling again? And the first thing she said was St. Louis. That's because oh. we did a road trip to St. Louis and, and got an Airbnb in Soulard uh, five years ago. And it was apparently a magical experience for her. So uh, apparently St. Louis, Missouri uh, really is a, is a magical place for a, for a, a four-year-old. Well, it's actually a magical place for families. It has a lot of really cool stuff, including one of the coolest museums for tweens called the City Museum. It's an old factory, and there's all this cool stuff, including like a slide that goes through this industrial corridor that goes down several stories um, through the museum. And you can go out on the roof and climb out onto an airplane that sort of hangs over the side. It is by far the coolest museum I've ever been to. I have to agree, Cindy. I've been there, and my only recommendation, bring knee pads. Thank you so much, Cindy Richards, editor-in-chief of TravelingMom.com, based here in Chicago. You can join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday. And still to come, we'll talk about preparing for an expected rise in interest rates. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
The Federal Reserve is set to raise its key interest rate by a quarter point tomorrow. Let's discuss the implications for Main Street with David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors in Denver, Colorado, and author of the book Understanding Central Banking. David, thanks for joining us today. The uh, long-promised interest rate hike is arriving this week, but if you have credit card debt, mortgage debt, or thinking about refinancing, uh, is that set by the federal funds rate or is that set by the bond market? Well, actually, that's set by the markets, but uh, we're talking about a lot of interest rates. Uh, Every rate on consumer finance, every rate on bank loans, which are so important to smaller businesses, uh, rates on credit cards, mortgage rates, uh, rates on corporate debt, uh, they all go up, and they go up a lot. And what's going to be so shocking to consumers and businesses is that For almost a decade now, given all the credit crises we've seen, rates have been virtually zero. We've had virtually free credit. So the shock of an increase in interest rates, as you note, at the upcoming Fed meeting, which is, of course, the Fed's official rate, that is the Fed funds rate, going up a quarter point at the upcoming meeting and probably going up a quarter point in May at the next meeting, in June at the following meeting, and even again in July, um, uh, we're going to see higher interest rates across the board. You can refinance, you can pay off your credit card debt, but uh, very quickly, David, what if you're a saver? What if you have uh, money in a savings account? Uh, how are highest, How are high interest rates going to affect you there? Well, finally... Savers are going to get a break. Uh, Savers have seen extremely low interest rates. That's in part why they've gone into the uh, stock market and uh, speculated some. Uh, But uh, even savers in bank savings accounts um, and other kinds of savings instruments are going to get a break as well as rates go up and they get a higher return on their savings. That's David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors based in Denver, Colorado. If you missed any part of today's Noon Business Hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com as well as on the Odyssey app.